0: Hey, what is up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and in this episode, we're talking Mets versus athletics. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cuttajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So, welcome back to another series recap and review episode. I know it's been a couple of weeks, and I'm so sorry. I've just been extremely busy recently, but I haven't stopped keeping up with the Mets, of course. If you follow my Twitter at PodMets, after every game, there is a quick game recap and summary of everything that happened. So, I have been you know keeping up on twitter but just i i do apologize it has been a busy time for me so i haven't been able to get any series recap and review episodes out for the past couple of series but we are back now and i'm very excited to dive into this series against the oakland athletics the mets finished off a series win on sunday which you know was just Great to see, of course. In the first half, I'm going to be breaking down each game, looking at the pitching and hitting performances as usual. And then in the second half, I want to dive simply into the accomplishment of this team making the playoffs last week since I wasn't able to cover the Milwaukee series. I do want to dive into that as well as the incredibly important week ahead for the Mets, starting today on Tuesday against the Miami Marlins. It is probably the most important week of the season for the Mets, and I'm excited to get into talking about that in the second half but first, let's begin with some game recaps, starting with Game 1 in Oakland. The Mets haven't been to Oakland since 2014, so it was kind of cool seeing them in the Coliseum. You know, definitely an interesting stadium, but, you know, very cool to see the Mets out there somewhere that, you know, you don't see them play that much, although next year that's obviously going to change. But the Mets went in Game 1 and won 9-2. to two. On the mound for the Mets was Chris Bassett making his return to Oakland After being traded to the Mets in the spring, Chris Bassett tossed an amazing game. He pitched eight innings of six-hit, two-run ball. He had just one walk and only two strikeouts, but, you know, was making the pitches when he needed to, was cruising through this Oakland lineup, did an outstanding job. The only two runs he gave up came on an RBI single when the Mets were already up 9 nothing in the 7th inning, and then a homer that he gave up in the bottom of the 8th, you know, towards the end of his line, but just an outstanding outing from Chris Bassett. You know at one point after the first inning retiring 10 batters in a row before giving up a single in the fifth which he quickly erased with a double play so just really really nice job by chris bassett kind of the start the Mets needed you know going into this series against an oakland team that traded away a lot of guys including bassett in the offseason and you know you didn't want this to be a letdown series after the milwaukee series you know a team that was fighting for the playoffs and chris bassett came in and made a statement against his former team Team. and behind Bassett Drew Smith came in for one inning of no hit no run ball no walks one strikeout so really nice there finishing off the game by Drew Smith who had a, a tough time in Milwaukee in his his first outing back with the Mets turning to the offense the offense had a huge game 13 hits nine runs I mean a nine to two victory they they really got out there against the A's The scoring started for the Mets in the second inning when Vientos hit a single to right field, uh, you know, landed right in no man's land with one out and the bases loaded, scoring a run there, and then two batters later, Brandon Nimmo singled, scoring two, putting the Mets up 3-0 early. Then moving into the fifth inning with the bases loaded and two outs, Eduardo Escobar rocked a grand slam. The second grand slam that the Mets hit on this road trip to left field, scoring four and putting the Mets up seven-nothing. Then, after a single right after the home run, Mark Vientos continued his really great game, doubling to center field and scoring McNeil all the way from first base, putting the Mets up eight-nothing. The Mets would get their ninth run in the seventh off of a McNeil double and that would be all the scoring for the Mets in this game but a really really all-around great game everyone in the starting lineup outside of James McCann had a hit in this game so you know all around everyone was coming through here Brandon Nimmo had two hits and drove in two runs Marcana had two hits Jeff McNeil had three hits. Mark Vientos had two hits going two for three driving in a run and drawing a walk as well. So a really good game from Mark Vientos and honestly a a really good series from him as I'm going to get into in a little bit. And Eduardo Escobar one for five with those four runs driven in. Really awesome job there. McNeil also drove in a run. So, you know, again, this is kind of the baseball that you want the Mets to be playing, especially with the playoffs coming up soon. This is the kind of complimentary all-around everyone contributing kind of ball and that that's really what defined the Mets early in the season and you know if you listen to some of my my recent episodes earlier in this month when the Mets were playing you know not not great ball against you know against the Nationals and the Pirates and you know I, I wasn't able to make an episode but against the Cubs as well a couple weeks ago you know it was because they weren't playing this complimentary ball it was all or nothing swinging Everyone swinging for the fences and you can kind of tell just seeing the way that they were swinging in this series they weren't trying to just crush it they were trying to make things happen put the ball in play and this game is a perfect example of how once you do that you know 13 hits it just leads to good things that takes the Mets into game two but this was you know a stinker of all stinkers, because it featured something that the Mets have not seen in a long time, which was a DeGrom, you know, just a, a DeGrom blow-up start. I think that's really the only way you can can put it into to words. The Mets lost this game 10-4, to 4 and on the mound for the Mets was Jacob DeGrom, you know, obviously just has been doing Jacob DeGrom things so far this season, but Came into this game and just really got rocked. That's all you can really say about it. It was not a great start, you know, overall. It was a, you know one of the worst starts we've ever seen from DeGrom and you know it's just a killer it happens obviously you know DeGrom is human he's not going to be perfectly perfect every single time but it, it did stink you know he went out there four innings six hits five runs four walks he did have five strikeouts but gave up a home run as well just a really tough first inning for him where you know there was a play with Jeff McNeil that he missed a ball that ended up uh, allowing runs to score, but you know overall just a, a tough first inning. He got a quick ground out, but a single and two walks loaded the bases with one out. He got it, like I said, a line drive to Jeff McNeil that he misplayed. He slipped; it went over his head. Two runs scored on a double there. Then a, then a ground out scored another run, which tied the game at that point. And then another double scored another run, putting the Mets down. Mets were able to battle back, as I'm going to get into. But then in the third inning, DeGrom gave up a home run, putting the Mets down 5-4. to four. And the the A's never looked back after that. But man, yeah, just a, just a really out of character DeGrom start. I mean, especially his command looked off. He just didn't seem to have it, and, you know, that's going to happen, and I'd much rather it happen now than in the playoffs, of course, but, you know, we'll see after his next start whether this is some cause for major concern. Obviously, he's given up a couple home runs since he's been back, but, you know, overall has looked really solid, so I I think DeGrom has, has, you know, shown enough... Uh, Over the years that I'm not going to, obviously, I'm never going to hold this kind of a game against him, but it definitely didn't come at an opportune time, of course, you know, just in the stretch run, but it does happen. Behind him, the the bullpen did a solid job. It wasn't amazing, but... You know, they gave up another five runs, so it wasn't wasn't great. Trevor Williams came in for an inning. He pitched an inning with two hits and a, a run allowed. Joely Rodriguez pitched two-thirds of an inning. He gave up two hits and allowed a run. Tyler M- McGill came in to finish off that sixth inning for Rodriguez and got the out he needed, just two pitches for him. Adam Bonavino pitched an inning. He gave up two hits and a run. And Trevor May pitched an inning, giving up two hits and two runs with two walks in that in that frame that he pitched in the 8th. I mean, uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast on the radio broadcast that, you know, that was Probably this this was probably the A's best game of the season. They were playing great defense. Their batters were being aggressive, going after DeGrom, going after the bullpen. And I mean, you have to just say, hey, look at that. You know, it's a young team and and they had a good game and they did. They, They really did beat up on the Mets in this game. Offensively, the Mets had a solid game to start, but, you know, it definitely trailed off. The first inning got started with a bang, you know two singles to start off the game had runners at first and third with nobody out. Lindor hit a sack fly for his 100th RBI. You know, definitely exciting to see that. Now the Mets have two guys with over 100 RBI. And the second player with over 100 RBI is Pete Alonso, who crushed a two-run homer right after that sack fly, putting the Mets up 3 nothing very quick. So, you know, it seemed like a good start. 3 nothing early, DeGrom on the mound. But like I said, DeGrom had a tough bottom of the first, and the Mets were down for, to three very quickly but in the top of the second Mark Vientos crushed his first major league home run to right field I mean just showing off tremendous power because he crushed that ball to right field in you know this huge Oakland Coliseum and it was able to get out you know in that high seating area he was able to hit it all the way out there tying this game right back up but after that the Mets really weren't able to get anything going they had some opportunities but overall just just weren't able to, to drive home any runs and it was just felt like a, a, a down day. It felt like it just after after you know losing that lead early and and seeing deGrom struggle, it felt like the wind was definitely taken out of their sails. And like I said, the A's were playing extremely well and you could tell they were fired up and, and had, you know, all that momentum and energy. You know, they the Mets had a bunch of guys have solid games. You know, Jeff McNeil two for five with a run scored. Marcana one for three with a run scored. Francisco Lindor went two for three with an RBI, which you love to see, and Pete Alonso one for four with the homer, driving in two runs. Mark Vientos also with his first major league home run, one for three, driving homer run, and also walking, which you love to see as well. I, I like seeing that two walks for for Mark Vientos in this series. So you know that's obviously a uh, uh, nice to see that discipline coming. You know after struggling a little bit to find his footing here in the majors. I mean, it just it it was a a tough game, especially, you know, with some some significant, you know, milestones with Lindor hitting his 100th RBI with with Vientos hitting his first home run. It could have been a special game with those going on with with that happening, but just a tough game overall. But moving into game three, the Mets bounced right back, winning 13 to four on the mound for the Mets was Max Scherzer. He went six innings, a four hit one run ball. He gave up one walk and had seven strikeouts. Really, really nice outing from Scherzer and also like to see that he got his pitch count up to 91. So nice to see the Mets, you know, still being a little hesitant, taking him out after six innings, but but allowing him to push himself just to... You know, get back into the groove of 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 pitching deep in the games. The only blemish on his mark was a fourth inning homer that he gave up, but other than that, just an outstanding job by Max Scherzer to right the ship and bounce right back in this series. Adamonavino pitched behind Scherzer. He pitched an inning of no hit, no run ball with two strikeouts. Drew Smith also had a really nice outing you know back-to-back nice outings for him pitching an inning with one hit no runs no walks didn't have any strikeouts but a nice clean inning for him Seth Lugo did get into some trouble in the ninth inning you know at this point the Mets were up 13 to 1 so I don't know maybe what his mindset was I know the Mets were also thinking of going to Diaz since he hasn't had work since the Milwaukee series but Lugo pitched an inning of three hit three run ball he had a strikeout, but he gave up a three run homer in the ninth inning, which allowed Oakland to, you know, cut the lead from twelve. To nine, so I mean it. it wasn't really significant, but obviously you'd like to see Lugo get through that inning a little quicker. And it seemed like Buck, after you know having Diaz warm up, he just said, "Lugo, you know this is on you to finish it up." And even though 28 pitches, a lot of pitches for Lugo, but he was able to finish off the game eventually, despite giving up that home run. So overall, a nice job by the pitching staff in this game. And turning to the bats, I mean they had an outstanding game. 19 hits, 13 runs the scoring started for the Mets in the second inning when Tyler Naquin against a lefty singled with two outs driving home a run love to see that you know lefty on lefty with Naquin there being able to hit the lefty and drive home Alonzo scoring one run putting the Mets up one nothing then an Escobar single in the third, scored two more, putting the Mets up 3 nothing. The Mets really exploded in the fourth inning for four runs with the Lindor double, you know, way off the wall. I thought off the bat it might be going out, but a hit off that, that deep wall in left field and scored two runs and then with Lindor on second base pete Alonso crushed a homer 451 feet a two-run shot which gave him the met single season rbi record with 125 runs batted in he ultimately would add on to that later in this game but just such an accomplishment for Alonzo who now holds the Mets single season home run record and single season RBI record topping David Wright and Mike Piazza so just a huge congrats there to Pete Alonzo who's just you know come up so huge for the Mets this season and came up huge for the Mets there putting the Mets up 7 nothing in this game then a couple innings later in the 8th inning the Mets tacked on a bunch more five more runs Lindor, with bases loaded, reached on an infield single, scoring a run. Then, still with the bases loaded, Alonso, as I mentioned, drove home all three runners with a with a deep double to right field. I thought it might get out there. You know, just like Lindor's, it looked like it might get out, but it hit off the top of the wall, and all three runners around the bases scored. Then Escobar grounded into a double play, which scored another run, and at that point, the Mets were up 12-1. to They scored their 13th run in the ninth inning with a Guillaume ground out, which scored a run after runners were on second and third, and that would be the scoring for the Mets. And, you know, like the first game, everyone was involved. Every starter in the lineup got a hit in this game outside of Darren Ruff. And and every batter in the starting lineup, except for Jeff McNeil, had at least two hits in this game. Brandon Nimmo, two for four, with three runs scored and a walk, which, you know, that's just an outstanding game there. Marcana two for five, with two runs scored. Francisco Lindor, three for five, with three runs batted in and three runs scored. Pete Alonso four for five, with five runs batted in, you know, a home run, three runs scored. Jeff McNeil, like I mentioned, he went one for four, but also had a walk, which you love to see. Eduardo Escobar, 3-for-5 with two runs batted in. Tyler Naquin 2-for-5 with a run batted in and a run scored. And Tomas Nito, 2-for-5 with a run scored. I mean, everyone involved... Six of those guys scored runs in this game, five of those guys drove in runs, and while I mentioned that Darren Ruff didn't didn't have any hits in this game, he did draw a walk, so everyone was on base, everyone was involved, and like I mentioned, this is the kind of baseball that the Mets need to play, and, you know, hopefully they can continue that into this extremely important run, which I'm going to dive into in the second half of this episode. So... Now that I've gone over these three games, I'm going to take a quick break and when I get back, like I just mentioned, I want to dive into the Mets making the playoffs and this extremely important week coming up. Alright, and welcome back. So, now that I've gone over these three games against the A's, I want to take a look at the Mets making the playoffs first of all, and then this incredibly important week ahead for the Mets. And, you know, I want to start with talking about the Mets making the playoffs because since, you know, as I mentioned, having, you know, a really tough schedule recently, I wasn't able to make an episode when the Mets clinched in Milwaukee, I want to touch on it now because, As I'm going to get into it, this this tough week getting ahead, you know, there's a lot of work to do. The Mets have you know, a bunch of tough series coming up, and they they haven't really accomplished the the main goal of winning the division yet, but that being said, they did something last week that they haven't done in years, they haven't done it in six years since 2016, which, you know, I, I can imagine that team, I can think about that season, and how magical it was, and to think of how long ago that really was is just crazy, because those, those memories are like yesterday, but it's been painful for the past few years. You know, last year collapsing, especially, you know, 2020 falling far short of expectations, 2019, you know, Exceeding expectations and and, and making a, a drive at the end, but really not getting there. And, you know, 2018 and 17, not great years at all. So it's been a long time with a lot of painful seasons in there. So for the Mets to have made the playoffs, to have clinched the playoffs last week, you know, with a couple weeks left in, in September too, no less. I mean, that is just such an accomplishment. And, you know, as a Mets fan, you got to be happy about it. I know, obviously, we talk about, you know the division and and you know where the Mets stack up in terms of winning the division or the wild card and what what we want and obviously as a Mets fan you want them to win the division but you can't be unhappy with how this season has gone no matter what happens no matter if they they are in the wild card and they get knocked out in two games and that's it will it be disappointing yes obviously but Considering where this team was, you know, two years ago, before Steve Cohen even bought the team, considering where this team was at the end of last season, you know, suffering one of the worst collapses in MLB history, you know, after leading the division for so long and just never seeming to be able to get it going, you know, the the, the taste in our mouths after last season, how frustrating and depressing it was you know with what seemed like a playoff caliber team just absolutely falling apart for the Mets to then come out this year with the changes that they've made from top to bottom you know from from Billy Epler you know bringing an experience to the the GM position to bringing in Buck an experienced you know well-traveled manager who you know has has very obviously changed the way that this team plays baseball, you know, to the the team itself with, you know, a bunch of guys from before, you know, guys from the, the original Mets core the past few years to the, the new additions that the Mets brought in, you know, all of these pieces working together in conjunction to just get the Mets to where they are, and it all starts with Steve Cohen. I mean, making the moves he made in free agency, making the moves he made to upgrade the, the the coaching staff with Buck and the front office and the money he's put into the analytics side of the ball. I mean, all of this happening and coming together at the same time. I mean, like I said, you just can't be unhappy with how the season has shaken out. And, you know, I just... I have to give a shout out and, you know, congratulations to the team and just say how excited I am because, you know, no matter what, we're getting Mets postseason baseball. And that's something we haven't been able to say for over half a decade. And it's just extremely, extremely exciting. And I just can't wait for October baseball with the Mets to begin. But to get there, the Mets have to navigate this very, very tricky week. And this is, you know, the tough part of. You know, being excited is that there is more work to do and it it all really comes down to this week. I mean, the Mets have three games next week against the, the Nationals, which are going to be very important. But this week is really, you know, determining how important those games really are, frankly. You have two games against the Marlins beginning tonight, and then a three-game set in Atlanta against the Braves. The Mets currently hold a one-game lead in first place in in the division, so really not a big lead at all. And it's really just going to come down, I think, to these Miami games. I think these Miami games are... You know, just as if not more important than this Atlanta series, because, you know, the the Braves are playing the Nationals. So the Mets probably are not going to get help since the, the Braves just really have the Nationals number. So it's going to be on the Mets to make sure they stay winning. They stay keeping pace with the Braves because that series in Atlanta, it's a it's a three gamer Meaning, no matter what, and obviously, this was going to be the case, but you're going to have to go in there and take some games against the Braves. But you need to make sure you're taking care of business earlier in the week to keep pace with the Braves. You can't go into that Atlanta series, you know, tied or losing the division, or else, I mean, all the momentum is going to be for the Braves to just, you know, wrap it up right then and there and take the Mets out. Obviously, like I said, there's going to be a a pretty critical series after this Atlanta series. So, you know, you can count that in this week ahead. But, I do feel like these games against Miami, the Mets need to make sure that they're playing their best ball, need to go out there with their best foot forward because, you know, got to keep pace and just make sure tonight and tomorrow are some of the best games that the Mets have played. You know, I, I think as as daunting and you know as nerve-wracking as these games are, because they are, you know how important each singular game is. I think it's exciting. These are important games and in the playoffs it's going to be the exact same sort of mentality and the exact same sort of energy surrounding these games. They're essentially win and you're in and lose and you're out. I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, the Mets are in already. But, you know, in terms of the division, a couple of losses here can really sink you and and lose you the division. And just as in the playoffs, a couple of losses can knock you right out. I, I think that you know despite how much it would be nice for it to be easy it's good especially with a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in so long to have these sort of important games where you know everything's on the line i think that's good preparation for the playoffs and you know had they clinched the division you know last week or something like that you'd have now 2 3 weeks of of playing you know essentially nothing ball for the Mets. So I'm glad that these games are important, but the Mets really got to come out there playing their best baseball against the Marlins, Braves, and Nationals. Diving into the series tonight against the Marlins, on the mound for the Mets will be Carlos Carrasco going up against Pablo Lopez, who is 9-10 with a 3-8-8 ERA. Then tomorrow for the second game of this strange two-game set, which I think just happened because of the lockout pushing the scheduling around, it will be Taiwan Walker going up against Jesus Lazaro, who is 3-7 with a 3-5-7 ERA. I mean, the Mets just saw these two pitchers you know, a couple weeks ago, so it's not like they haven't seen them recently, but, you know, like I mentioned, the Marlins always play the Mets well, they have good pitching, Their hitting is up and down, but they haven't, you know, had too much trouble against the Mets. They have broken out at times. They're going to be tough games, and you know that the Marlins would love to play spoiler for someone in the division. So, you know, right here at the top, they have their chance, and the Mets are going to have to go out there and play their best baseball. They had a good series in Oakland. They had a good series in Milwaukee. They had a nice road trip, but you need to make sure you take that energy home. Don't let the off day and travel day, you know, throw you off a little bit. You got to make sure that you play this team as hard as you're going to play any team and make sure you go in there getting the wins you need to get against the Miami Marlins this week. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.